Well, I get, I get the pleasure this morning of, of bringing God's word to you this morning. And uh, I don't get to do it often. This is the second time um, that I've been able to share God's word with you on a Sunday morning. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I want to tell you just a real quick story about uh, my family. Some of you know my family better than others. Some of you know me better than others. Okay, I'm going to do a dangerous thing, and I'm going to leave that uncovered. Yeah, I like to live on the edge. Um, so this, so uh, years ago, I used to work uh, a construction job, a really labor-intensive construction job, and I would come home exhausted, sweaty, dirty, tired, you know, uh, mentally kind of done, used up. And uh, when I would come home, I usually have like this big jar of water um, that I'd be drinking. And so when my wife would make dinner, and she was always gracious to, to, to make meals for, for us, is always gracious to make meals for us. I'm going to clear that up. Um, and, uh, and I love it. So I've got my glass of water. I come to the table, and there's usually not, you know, anything to drink at the table because we've all, we either just bring our own thing to the table or whatever. But this one night, we go to sit down, and I don't know, it's maybe 12, 12 or 15 years ago, and uh, um, there's already there's already beverages at the table. I'm like, oh, cool, water. She's got water glasses all around. I'm like, awesome. And so I sit down. I don't really think that much of it, and, and uh, we, we pray for the meal, and then I go to grab my, my water to drink it, and I drink a little, and I immediately spit it out. And uh, I can't remember... I can't remember if I spit it all over the place or if I just spit it back in my cup. I don't even remember. But I just remember I, I couldn't spit it out fast enough. And so my, my wife and kids, they're laughing. Joke's on me. They pulled one over on dad. You know, I think they took advantage of me in my tired, you know, state. But that's all right. Um, so we're all laughing and everything. And, and I'm laughing because I realize, you know, that there's this joke's been played on me. And, uh, and so I'm like, well, I, I got to. I gotta know what it is, right? So I take another sip, and it's it's Kool-Aid. It's clear, tropical punch Kool-Aid, right? Which, so it tasted fine. There was nothing wrong with it, but it wasn't what I was expecting. Like I was expecting a nice, cool glass of water, and instead I got like yummy sugar, right? And uh, but it wasn't what I was expecting. It was good, and it was okay, but it wasn't what I was expecting. And so I I, I tell that story just like a little glimpse into my family, but also. Um, uh, to kind of bring a little bit of a point, um, I, I'm not here to try to emotionally manipulate you. Uh, that's not why I'm here. I hope to encourage you with the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. That's, that's my prayer, is that we would be encouraged. No matter where we're at, no matter who we are, how old we are, how young we are, whatever our background in life, that we would be encouraged by God's word today. And I don't want to do it by, by trying to like Im- manipulate you. I'm not that talented a speaker. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not, that's not me. So I just want to be clear. Here's what, that's what I want to do this morning. I would love to encourage you with the gospel this morning. And so, um, and so we're going to be in John chapter 21. It's going to be the passage that we're going to look at. So if you have your Bibles, um, like open them up or your phones or whatever, that's fine. John 21. I'm going to be reading from the NIV. Um, that's just, that's what I'm familiar with. So that's what I use. Um, so I'll be reading from the NIV, and we're going to look at an interaction between Jesus and Peter, the disciple Peter. And uh, a little backstory on Peter before we get to the passage. Um, Peter's one of, the, one of the earliest disciples. He's one of Jesus' disciples. He's one of the earliest disciples. 
And uh, his name is actually Simon, Simon, son of John. And uh, when, when, when he meets Jesus and, 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 and Peter responds to the call to follow Jesus, Jesus gives him a new name. He gives him the name Peter, which means rock. And there's a lot of things that I identify with Peter, right? Peter's just kind of this enthusiastic dude, and, uh, and he's, he's zealous for his Lord. And that, I can identify with that a little bit. But I, I can also identify um, that, that Peter is pretty quick to speak and slow to think, so he says some stuff that's kind of dumb, <laughs> you know? Maybe not dumb, but he, like, he's just too quick to think. He, th- he says things without really thinking it through, you know? And, uh, and so I can, I can relate to Peter <laughs> in, that, in, in, a, in a couple of different ways. But, but Peter, excuse me, Peter has an interaction earlier, earlier on with Jesus. On the, the night before Jesus is to be arrested and crucified, Jesus is telling him, hey, I'm going away, and you can't come with me. Like, where I'm going, you can't go. And Peter is like, whoa, dude. That's a paraphrase. Uh, Peter's like, anywhere you go, I'm going to go there. You, you can go to jail. You can go to death. You can die, and I'll, I'll be right there with you. You know, I'm with you. And, and, and Jesus says, Peter, Peter, I, I'm going to tell you that tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times. And so, you know, as we move through the story and Jesus is, is arrested in the garden and, and he's taken to be questioned, you know, and Peter, Peter follows along and winds up in the courtyard of the, of the place where, where Jesus is being questioned. And a little serving girl asks him, hey, aren't you one of his disciples? And Peter, Peter says, not me. And then two other times in that very courtyard, Peter denies Jesus. Other, two other people ask him, aren't you one of his? Aren't you one of his? Nope, nope. And then the rooster crows. You know, and in, in Matthew and in Mark, it records that, that Peter immediately ran out just weeping bitterly. Like he immediately knows what he's done. That just hours after he had, he had declared that I'll follow you anywhere, he turned his back and ran. Not just with his action, but with his, with his ver- words denying Christ. You know, and so we come to this... Uh, we come to this account in John 21, which is the third time that Jesus has appeared to the disciples. And, uh, and so let's, let's read that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's read that right now and go from there. So John chapter 21. It says, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, 
And when they did, they were unable to haul in the net because, because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord! As, Simon, as soon as Simon Peter heard this, as soon as, as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, with, even with so many the net was not torn. Jesus said, Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. <laughs> when they had finished eating, Simon said to Simon Pe or Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you were old, you stretched out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to Peter, follow me. I, I love that encounter. <laughs> I see me in that encounter. You know, I'm not sure what, what Peter was expecting I mean, when he ran ashore, but I love, I love that picture, too, of, of that enthusiastic Peter, that zealous Peter just bailing out of the boat. You know, his buddies have got to be like, dude, where are you going, right? And he bails out of the boat, and he runs ashore, splashes through the water, says it's 100 yards, so that takes a minute, you know? But I just love that picture of, of, of Peter just enthusiastically running to his Lord. You know, but even as he runs, even as he's going out, to, to meet Jesus, and this is the third time that he's seen Jesus, he's got to be wondering, you know, in the back of his head, he's got this betrayal, this denial of Jesus. You know, he's got to be wondering, like, okay, when's the Lord going to deal with me? When, when's he going to deal with this betrayal, you know? When's, when's he going to deal with my turning away? You know, I mean, we live in, a, in such a critical world, an unforgiving world world, a condemning world. You know, even though G Peter has walked with Jesus these years, he's got to be wondering, like, when is the Lord going to deal with me? You know, but, but the, it's, and it's not probably, I, I have no idea what Peter was expecting. I'm not sure if this was, maybe Peter was kind of hoping for this. I don't know, you know. I'm sure he was hoping for it, but I don't know what he was expecting. 
So then we see that Jesus, you know, who's sitting on the beach waiting with a fire, with food, offering a fellowship, come, come have breakfast with me. You know, and in their interaction, again, we see, we see three times that Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? You know, and Peter even declares, like at the end, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And so it can't be that Jesus is asking the question of Peter so that Jesus will, can find out, you know, like, come on, let me know. I'm wondering here. No, Jesus knows. Jesus knows Peter's heart better than Peter knows his heart. He knows my heart better than I know my heart. He knows your heart better than you know yours. And so Jesus isn't asking for his own knowledge. He's asking Peter for Peter's sake. Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Yeah, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Three times, and three times, Peter, you know I love you. Lord, you know all things. You know my heart. You know I love you. You know, and one of the cool things about this, one of the things I love about this passage, too, is, is the three times Jesus asks, and three times Peter's answers, and three times Jesus, Jesus edifies Peter. He doesn't even bring up, you denied me. <laughs> you know, in asking three times, there may be a little bit of a, but, but it's so gentle, so loving, so compassionate towards Peter that Jesus would restore him, that he would edify him and lift him up to purpose, you know? Not just into, back into fellowship with himself, but back to purpose with himself and for himself. Feed my sheep. Take care of my lambs. I think, I think that's so cool. So cool. And so, so where's the encouragement for us? Where's the encouragement for us? You know, I think we can probably break or categorize ourselves, I'll say, into three groups. You know, there might be probably people here who find themselves faithful and persevering to the Lord, faithful to God and persevering, chasing after, following Jesus. And then it's evident. When people see you, it's, it's evident, man, that, that person loves Jesus and is pursuing the Lord. Not perfectly, but faithfully. You know, and there might be another group of people in here that, that you know, you've, you've trusted Christ You've placed your faith in, in Jesus, but it's lifeless. It just feels lifeless, like nothing's happening, you know. Maybe, maybe there's some secret sin that you're, you're hanging on to, that you're focusing on. Maybe it's the cares of the world that have, have got your attention. Um, but whatever it is, you've taken your eyes off of Jesus, and, and, and you're just sort of surviving, you know, maybe going through the motions a little bit. maybe afraid to turn back to Jesus, um, whatever it is. You know, I found myself in this, in this place a lot. <laughs> it's like, it hurts my heart to have to say it, but I found myself here a lot. You know, and there's probably another group of people that could be represented here, people who have never trusted Christ for salvation who've never placed their faith in Jesus for salvation. 
who have never responded to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, and I want to say that no matter where, for what, and for whatever reason you're here, but I want to say that the gospel is meant to encourage all three. That the gospel is not just for lost people. The gospel is not just for hurting people. The gospel is for, for everyone. You know, it's meant to encourage us. It's meant to, to fix our eyes on Jesus. And so I want to share. Um, so we were talking about, we, we had the, the, the vida en seis palabras, the life in six words. And so I want to share that with you. And it's a, it's an ex, it's a tool that we use to help summarize the, the, the Bible. God's redemptive plan for mankind in the Bible. And the first, the first word, so it's an acrostic that spells gospel. And the first word is God. God created us to have a relationship with him. He created us for relationship with him. We're not some uh, science experiment gone wrong for God. We were created to have a relationship with him. I mean, that truth alone, man, that gives me hope. <laughs> Just that truth alone gives me hope. Like, I'm not here on accident. You're not here on accident. We're here to have a relationship with God. That's why we were created. You know, and very early in the Bible, very early in the Bible, we see sin. We see man's sin. And so the second word is oh, our. Our sin has separated us from God. Our, our rebellion against God, our disbelief in God, our, our wrong ideas about God even, have separated us from God, our rejection of him. All of us. S, sin. Sin cannot be removed by good deeds. You know, I, I uh, have frequently fallen into the mindset that I need to do good things so that God will save me. <laughs> You know, we are, are the skit we, we did. Well, by the way, Buenos Obras means good works. I forgot to mention that. Like, we can't stack up enough good deeds to erase our sin. We can't stack up enough good deeds to outweigh our, our sin. We can't stack up enough good deeds to wash and cleanse away the sin that we are guilty of, that I am guilty of. I can't do it. And that's, that's, that's bad news. But the gospel is not meant to push us down or to keep us down or to condemn us in that. It's meant to save us. John 3, 17, God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world. And so God, seeing our desperate plight, remember, he loves us. He's not going to give up on us. He's faithful. He loves us and, and, and sees our, our, our need for salvation. He sees our need for cleansing. He, he wants us to be in relationship with us. He loves us. And so he sends his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us. And so P, G-O-S-P, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. See, Jesus died as the atoning sacrifice for our sins to wash our sin away, to cleanse us of our sin to remove our sin, not, not just to cover it over, but to remove it so that we could have relationship with God again. And, and, and it doesn't just stop there. You know, Jesus died to pay for our sins and, 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 and God raised him up again to life, guaranteeing that we can have life with God, guaranteeing that we can have that relationship in eternity with God. 
You know, that it's not just that our sins are washed away, but we're, we're, we can have that life with God. Isn't that good news? Isn't that awesome news? And then E, everyone. God, our sins paying everyone. Everyone who trusts in Jesus alone has life. You know, it's not Jesus plus our good works. It's not Jesus plus anything else. It's Jesus alone. Everyone who trusts in Jesus alone has eternal life. And L, life. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. You know, this eternal life isn't something that's just down the road. You know, this is a life that starts now. You know, one of the things that we experience here in, in Christ-centered fellowship, and one of the things we experienced down in, in, in Chile, which was really profound, is that we don't know these people, but we experienced a, a quick closeness with these people because of our fellowship in Christ. But that life with, with, with Jesus starts now where, where, where our, the, the good works that we do are out of gratitude for what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. The, the, the good works we get to do are a service to other people to reach out to other people, to serve them, to love them, to show them the love of God, the giving of ourselves, the giving of our lives and our resources and our comfort is meant to be a, a mirror of Christ and what he's done for us and his character in the world. You know, so, so how does that encourage each other? How, how, do, how do those truths, how does the, the gospel encourage us? Listen, if you are here faithful brother and sister in Christ, faithful man, woman of God. <laughs> Hebrews 12 sums it up pretty nice. Um, I'm going to read it. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Listen, the gospel's for you, faithful brother and sister. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You know, the suffering that we have for lost people, Jesus has that suffering as well. He knows, he sees you, he hears your he hears you and he sees your tears for other people. You know, the suffering that we might endure um, from other people, the opposition that we might face. Listen, Jesus knows. He sees it. You know, the gospel is meant to encourage us that we're not alone. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, Go therefore in all the world and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and I am with you. Listen, if you're here, Rejoice in the gospel. Proclaim the gospel. Take heart. Be encouraged by the gospel, by the story of Jesus. And continue to be perse persevering and faithful. If you find yourself here, you know, where whatever it is, the, the, the pains of this life, the struggles of this life, very real, you're not alone. Like God sees you. You know, if you're stuck and trapped in sin, some secret sin that you're just not willing to get rid of or, 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 or just struggling to, to get rid of, listen, the gospel's for you. You know, in, in Revelations 3.20, Jesus is addressing 
um, the, the church of Laodicea. It's a church. These aren't pagans. These are, this is a church in Laodicea that he's addressing. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Anyone who answers, I will come in and I will dine with you and you with me. Listen, if you find yourself here, you've placed your faith and trust in Christ, but, but whatever, like the, the troubles of the world, the struggles, your, your own personal sin battle, whatever it is has, that has taken your eyes off of Christ and, and got you focused on here, focused on your own little boat. Listen, Jesus is sitting on the shore. He, he's never gone anywhere, inviting you back into fellowship and relationship with him. You know, maybe it's just disobedience. Maybe Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to do this, and, and you're not willing to do it. Whatever it is, whatever the thing is, look, Jesus is on the shore inviting you into fellowship with him. But not just fellowship with him, but purpose in him. You know, if you find yourself here, listen, Jesus is sitting on the shore waiting, calling. Come in off the boat. Dine with me. Fellowship with me. Live in purpose. I have a purpose for you. You know, and if you are here as well, where you have never trusted Christ, whatever the reason, you know, maybe misunderstanding of what the message of the Bible actually is. Maybe it's been presented to you in a way that's not the gospel at all. Maybe rich in legalism or, or serving to control you and push you down. Listen, that's not, that's not the message of the Bible. God is calling you into relationship with him. From cover to cover, it's God's redemptive plan for mankind, calling us back into relationship with him. Listen, and if you find yourselves here where you've never trusted Christ, or maybe you have a lot of questions still about what that even means, listen, the gospel's for you. This, this good news, the free gift of salvation in Jesus Christ, it's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't accomplish what needs to be done to, to earn it, to uh, you can't. You can't earn it. You can't accomplish it. You can't afford it. It's, it's a free gift that's outside of yourself. It's from God. It's a free gift of God <laughs> that comes by faith in Christ. And what does that mean? That means we place our faith in what Jesus has done. See, Jesus came and lived the perfect life that we could never live. The perfect life that we can never live, man, suffered the, the penalty for the sin that we should have that we, that we should have taken. So when we place our faith, we're placing our faith in Jesus' life. We're placing our faith and trust in his death and resurrection as the payment for our sins. And we're trusting him, placing our faith in his resurrection and the life that he gives. See, Jesus is the source, <laughs> the source of everything, the source of life. We're way over time-wise. Listen, if you're here, wherever you find yourself, I pray that you're encouraged by the gospel. Turn your eyes to Christ. Accept his invitation of fellowship and purpose. You know, if you're here and, and you've never trusted Christ, don't leave without asking questions. Don't leave without talking to me or one of the elders. Um, you can talk to anybody that was up here um, from the Chile team. If you have questions about what it means to follow Jesus, ask. You know, if you're finding yourself here and, 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 and you're... you're Whatever situation you find yourself in here, talk to somebody. Talk to somebody. Listen, we're not here to judge. We're not here to condemn. We're here to turn our eyes to Jesus, to turn each other's eyes to Christ.
to encourage one another towards love and good deeds. So, all right, time is long. I'm going to pray, and then we'll close. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you for this opportunity today. God, thank you for um, taking us to and bringing us back safely from Chile. God, thank you for the work you're doing there. God, this morning I pray that, uh, that we would be encouraged by your word. God, that we'd be encouraged by the gospel this morning, wherever we find ourselves. God, that we would turn our hearts to you. God, that we would turn our hearts to you. God, we love you. God, we praise you. Amen.